In our 14th episode of The Inner Entrepreneur, we continue our conversations about the essence of values. We delve into the importance of recognizing, exploring, and aligning with your core values. We also provide tips to identify the distinction between things you love to do and things you feel obligated to do. Ultimately, we emphasize that true leadership is deeply anchored in living out personal values. And without those personal values, our life can get quickly out of control and manifest into something that we don't deeply desire. Stay tuned for this episode to learn how you can begin to lean into authenticity and lead your best life based on the values that matter most to you. So let's get into it. Welcome to The Inner Entrepreneur, a place where soul meets strategy and passion meets profit. Success in business is about more than mastering the external. It's an internal game. Ready to play? Hello, welcome back to The Inner Entrepreneur. I'm Brandon Ward with my co-host, Paul Ryan. Good to be here. As always, my friend. Today, we're going to be continuing our conversation around values and what we thought was going to be one or two episodes. Looks like it might be more than that. We're going to see what we get through today. You never can tell with us, Brandon. You never can no. tell with us. Hopefully that's beneficial to the audience. Well, I, I, think what, I think what we're both trying to do here is really get into, the, into some depth and get into the meat, meat of this subject. And for people to listen, to go away with an understanding. If you're looking for a quick hit, a quick fix, that's not us. I was checking out somebody's podcast last week and they do like weekly 15, 10 to 15 minutes, which is great for what he's aiming at. It's not what we're aiming for. We're really heading towards people really understanding the content and hopefully making some profound changes in their lives. That's what we're aiming for. And that's not a quick fix. Exactly. And, and the, ideally, it feels like you're sitting with us in a room having a conversation and soaking in all these yeah. things, the stories, the insights, the things that we're sharing. I mean, I enjoy it because I get to learn from you and the stories that you've shared over your three plus decades of experience. I get to share things that have happened to me and I've learned from. So hopefully the audience is finding value in that. Brandon, but, I, get to, I get to learn from you as well. And, and it's, it, it's, it's, about conversa it's about us having a conversation on these topics. That's what it's about. And so we're exploring what we feel needs to be explored so, so someone can understand. It's awesome, man. It's, it, this is why I love podcasting. The fact that you're on the other side of the world, we get to do this together is super cool. Yeah, very, let's hope the internet cool. remains stable and then it will be even cooler. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That is a factor. That is a factor for sure. Well, Paul, so we've we've you juiced up our our notes for today on our episode around values. We chatted about what values are in the past episode, how we think about values, why they're so important, what they're not in a lot of ways. We talked about goals versus values. But so today we're going to be going deeper into I think really uncovering our values, what those values could look like and how everything stems from our values. And the first key point of this is knowing ourselves. That's value extraction. Understanding our values comes from the process of getting to know ourselves. And that's where we're going to start today. Yeah, I, I love the, I, I think it's Greek, know thyself, uh, be thyself, love thyself. Um, but I think I just love that concept of us really knowing who we are 
and just living, being who we are and loving ourselves. I think that's a, that's a recipe for peace for everyone. But I think values is fundamental to that because to me, values is how we know ourselves. We use the values as a tool. It's a process. And by exploring our values and getting to understand our values, we're knowing ourselves because we're finding out what's really important to us in life. And that's really who we are. It's what, we, it's what we're here to do for whatever reason. It's what we feel compelled to do. And that is us. And in essence, that's, that's what we bring to life. So I think it's really important that we get to know ourselves. And for me, the process of value, of understanding my values was really a key way to getting to know myself. And if you move that on to be thyself, when you, when you know yourself and you really feel connected to what's important to you, then it's easy to be yourself because it's completely natural. It's th- This is just me being me. It's also easy to love yourself if you're just being yourself. And, and all the people that struggle with self-esteem, self-confidence, self-love, all of these things, I wonder, I'm no psychologist, I can only speak from personal experience, I wonder is it because fundamentally they're not following their own values. So if I take someone else's values that I adopt because of how I've been raised from my parents or from anyone, society, and they're not natural to me, then I'm living an unnatural life. If I'm living an unnatural life, how can I be myself? I'm being someone else. And how can I love myself? Because the lack of self-love is communicate to me, you're on the wrong path, change, shift. So getting to know the values, if that is anyone's goal to really know themselves, be themselves every day and love themselves, I think this process of understanding our values is fundamental. It's the starting point to that. Paul, and I can validate that perspective. And I love that you brought up the self-esteem, self-confidence piece in this conversation, because for many years of my life, I was living true to values that were not my own. And I was deeply insecure. I lacked confidence. I didn't have a healthy sense of self-esteem. I didn't have a, gr- a good relationship with myself. I had to work at that. And, and I learned some processes over the years that helped me a lot with that. And what it ultimately ended up did was I uncovered what mattered to me deeply. And then I started aligning my actions, my life around those values And through the actions that aligned with what mattered to me, over time, my confidence and self-esteem started to grow and build. And to where now I feel a deep sense of inner peace doesn't mean every day is happy. I have rough days. There's challenges every day, right? I mean, this is part of life. But the inner peace, the, the sense of serenity that I feel within myself is due to that work and aligning those values. And from that, self-esteem and confidence can come. That's why the notion of faking it until you make it can be dangerous because faking it means you're not living true to whatever that authentic version of your values are. And that's the danger of it. And I think so many of us do that because we have preconceived notions around what I should be or what confidence looks like based on what the world has told us. And that's not confidence. Confidence comes from living true to who we are and being thyself, as you said, as the Greeks have said. And they were pretty sharp and insane thinkers. I mean, the art that came out of that time, the incredible philosophies that came from that time. I mean, modern civilization in the Western world was built around a lot of the ideologies that Greek founded and, and created. So not a bad thing to follow. 
Yeah, I think it's interesting when you see some essential truths that are thousands of years old, you go, well, if human beings who have all struggled through life like everyone to learn about themselves and to learn about life, if they've come up with these similar truths, they, they should be listened to and explored, not taken verbatim, but listened to and explored to see if they resonate. But I think what you're saying there really makes sense because in those days when you were struggling with self-esteem and self-confidence, you weren't being what you would call you. You weren't being a, a, authentic. The Brandon who was living that life was living a version of the life that, of life that ultimately didn't sit right with you. And so it felt false. It felt fake. You probably couldn't have put those words on it at the time, but it didn't feel right. And how can you be confident if you, if you walk into a room of people and you're just not being yourself, how are you supposed to feel confident? It, it just doesn't make sense. And so the shift from you going, well, today I, confidence is natural. I have this deep sense of inner peace. What changed is not you repeating affirmations. Brandon is great. Brandon is confident. What changed, <laughs> what changed was you going, I need to sh you know, align my life with, what, with what's important to me. I need to live more authentically. And the outcome of that, the natural byproduct of that is I feel more peace. I feel more confidence. I feel more centered. So it's a natural outcome of that. And when people are chasing the confidence game, they're going, the, in my view, they're, they're missing the point. They may be going the wrong way around. And I think they're trying to drive confidence into something into a place it doesn't fit, as opposed to letting confidence, self-esteem emerge from living mm. congruently with your values. Exactly. Because it, it does have to emerge out of you. It, is some, it isn't something, you can do things, and Tony Robbins talks about some of these techniques. You know, you can do the big yeah. power stance or do other things. Like There are things that we can give boost temporarily. Yes. But yeah. that's not sustainable. And, and to your point, that's not going to offer genuine esteem and confidence. That has to come out from us from within. And and Paul, what a lot of it was too, as I've reflected over those years, I felt a lot of shame and embarrassment about who I was and what I wanted to be. And it wasn't until I started to learn to love those parts of myself, to really accept them, that I felt proud of who I was. I started to realize the value that I actually did have. It wasn't me saying, oh, Brandon's great, Brandon's great, Brandon's great. It was exploring who I was, understanding the world that I, the view that I have, and then finding a genuine appreciation and love for that as if I was meeting myself for the first time. There yeah. was a period, Paul, where I was like dating myself in a yes. way, exploring who I was. And, and so, but that process was incredibly rewarding. That's what, that's what, as you're saying, that's what allows that genuine aspect to, to rise because it's about the connection that we build and establish with ourselves. And then that allows us to go out in the world and just operate from that place. And you can say, hey, this is who I am. You can take it or leave it. Whether you like me or not is, is, is your choice. That's fine. Not everyone's going to like us or love us or whatever. But the people that do will resonate with who we are. And then we don't have to live this false life. We don't have to worry about how I am with this person or how I am with that person because we can simply be as we are and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, I, I think when you spoke of the time you were struggling with that, I guess you were struggling between these two voices, one calling you to be who you truly are, but there's still the voices of others telling you how you should be. It's how Brandon wants to be and it's how everyone tells you should be. 
And there, it, it's not an instant switch. There is a transition time where, you're quick, where you, something begins to emerge that you know is the truth, but it's emerging, it's growing, you're nurturing it, um, and you're following it. And the world is still expect, expects you to be something else. And there's still a battle. I remember a friend of mine asking me, whose children are slightly younger than mine, he said, Paul, how did you handle self-confidence with your kids? How did you handle teaching them self-confidence? And I thought about it. I said, oh, I said, I never did. And I, had, and I said to him, why would they need, why would I need to teach? Why would my kids need self-confidence? I've raised my kids, hopefully, to know who they are. And if you know who you are and you walk into who you are, why do you need self-confidence? I'm not saying that's the universal truth. I'm just saying that's how I raised my sons. Connect with who you are, find out who you are and be that person. There may be times in your life you, see you'll, you need a boost of confidence, but they won't be that often because you're just, be, you're just being who you are. What's there to be confident about? The, the Tony Robbins bit, I mean, I'm a fan of Tony Robbins and I've studied mm -hmm. a lot of his stuff. And he has these power moves. I agree with what you say. They're very, very useful because particularly when you're in that transition, when you're trying to nurture your own voice and you're trying to step up and you need courage to do that, you know it's what you want to do, but the external voice is still shouting and you need that courage. Those moves, that ability to step up and, and then the power moves to get you are very, very useful. But they're not sustainable. They're a momentary thing. And the, I've used them in challenging moments to go, oh, I'm being pushed here. I'm under pressure. I need to reaffirm who I am. I need to stand up to these people and go, hold a sec. This is who I am. This is who I am. And in those moments, I have connected with those sensations to give me the courage to move forward. But eventually, you, you just begin to rest more naturally in that place. And it's not a tool you reach for. But if something you need to reach for on the journey, absolutely, that's cool. What, what, why wouldn't you? Well, and Paul, you mentioned that a transitional period. This what it it was over years, and and oh. it's to be frank, it's still something like this is the beauty of life. Is yeah. humans are mysterious, deep, never ending creatures. So it's this constant state of exploration. Right. What ends up happening is you realize it's a complete philosophical shift in the way you live your life. And you're, you, you recognize that life can be this incredible adventure and journey that we're on. And the process of self-discovery is endless. You learn about yourself as you go through different ages in your life, different points, different roles. You know, I changed as I became a parent, I changed radically in the way that I operate. As I became a husband, I've changed radically in ways that I operate. So there's there's these different points in our life as we're growing and ebbing and flowing that we get to continue that process of discovery. But that initial transitional period that we talked about it before, it's it's the pivot, right? It's yeah. the redirect. Yeah. It's that that redirect period can be challenging and where you're really building momentum out of the old life into the new life. And those initial couple of years, that's what it was for me. It was a couple of years where I had to work on intentionally connecting. And then over time, that new normal starts to shift. And we and as you said you really get anchored into yourself. And then from there, you're just building and growing. And But it's it can be, depending on how far off you are from where you are true from within to what you're living in your life now, that gap can be large. So 
that lack of the lack of confidence, the lack of self-esteem, the depressive states, the anxiety, all those things were strong in my life because that gap was large. And as we merge that gap, as we shrink that gap, those things start to dissolve and fade because those are symptoms of misalignment. That's at least what I've found in my life. As you said, Paul, I'm not a psychologist. No. I, you know, I'm not going to diagnose. Not but personal experience. I think you say something interesting there because we talk about these things in a hour-long podcast and it may sound as if we've gone from A to Z in a moment. Oh, we became aware of this and we changed our lives. And it, it, you know, particularly if someone has just clicked onto this podcast or, or the few we've done in Values, if they rewind a bit and go from the earlier podcasts, there are lots of stories. We did a, I don't know, five or six podcasts on the whole burnout, which was a lot of my personal journey from burnout to the freedom I have now and, and a lot of your journey within that as well. And what they will learn from listening to that is that we struggled and we walked and we failed and we fell. It, it's, it's a lot. It's a long series of episodes because we go through the whole process of, of, of talking about that. Uh, but that's important. And we tell the story of my, I won't go into it now, but with my wife picking me up when I used to tell the A to Z story mm -hmm. and going, hold a sec, what about the struggle in between? What about the years when you were under so much pressure and under so much stress? And the realization that it's really, really, really important for people to know that. It's important for people to know two things. One is if you're in a mess, like by the way, both of us were, uh, mm -hmm. you can move out of that. And here's the steps we took to move out of that. That's the first thing to realize. You should have hope because you, you can create something new, but it takes time. There's a process and it takes time. So I would never want people to think that as we that we talk about these things, you become aware of your values and your life changes instantly. I think you become aware of your values and your step one. We, we've used these five steps before. Step one is awareness. When, you, when your values come out, you now become aware of something. And that awareness is hugely uh, powerful because her focus goes, energy flows. So now your focus is on the things you want in your life. So that awareness. But then, as you said, you're now on the journey of the redirect and creating uh, and shifting your life and creating a new, and creating a new life. So it's a journey. And, and you, know, you know, the master is not someone who has mastered every area of life. And there may be some people who present themselves that way. I don't think it's true. What, what we have is people on a journey of mastery and mastery is the process of always learning, growing. And that's the journey I would say we're both on, that we are continually learning and growing and everyone's in a different point in that journey. And no matter where anyone listening to this podcast is, they can become a master. They can take the path of mastery by going, I'm now learning and growing every day. And a super place to start with that. The most important place to start is, okay, I'm starting on a new road. What's important to me? What are my values? That's. Yeah. And Paul, I love that last bit there too, because it's the, the master is one that constantly realizes that they are in a state of beginner. Yes. The beginner mindset. You're when you recognize that how you master life is always being open and learning and growing and bringing that min mindset to everything that you do. Yeah. That is the master. Not, I have all answers. I know everything. I'm an enlightened being. That's yeah. not mastery. Mastery is I'm present in the moment. I'm constantly learning. I'm always getting better. And there's always opportunities for growth and change. And Paul, you mentioned something earlier too that I wanted to say real quick before we move forward. When you're going through this process, 
the people around you will also have to adjust. They'll have to calibrate. The people that truly love you will calibrate and adjust. But people may fade away. Jobs may fade away. Locations may fade away. Relationships, friendships, all of those things can change. I went through a, a lot of change over the years during that period, too, where I shifted friendships. I had friendships that stuck with me, and I realized that they were truly oh. friends of mine. But careers change. So also know that, to your point, the tumultuous aspect of this journey is is normal. It's a component of it and embrace it, like lean into the chaos, so to speak. I agree. And we spoke before, I think in the, in the last episode, we used the expression value mapping or values being a map, because when you go through the process of understanding your values and writing them down, my experience was I have a map to my life. I have the formula. I have the ingredients. I now know that I need to have these things in my life. And there may well, but a map brings you on a journey. A map is not a destination. So I think, but you're right, you will find that there are certain people, situations in your life that you look to your values or your value map and you go, they don't fit. They don't fit anymore. If I'm engaging with these people, I can't be on that road. And that's, that's cool as far as I'm concerned. The people who really love you will stick with you on that. Some people will really love you and will struggle with it because they love a version of you and they, and they're scared about what you're saying to them that they need to change as well. And you can only truly follow your own path and live for yourself. You can't, you can welcome everyone along the journey, but you can't drag people with you. It will only drag you down. That was one of the hardest things for me early on, Paul, is realizing that not everyone was going to journey with me. Not yeah. everyone was going to want to change. Not everyone was to, going to do this work and, and that you will let go. I mean, truthfully, a lot of people in my family, I, I've, that's had to happen because I, I, there's generations, you know, I grew up in West Virginia, generations of people living certain ways and they, they simply don't change. And yeah there becomes an anchor point of making validations for why they're stuck and that yeah. becomes their story. And, and so, but when you make the decision to change and grow and evolve into something more than that, that can push people away because they want to hold on to the stories that they have, that they're stuck, that they can't change, that they're victims to circumstance that no matter what, and that can be challenging. That's why this path takes courage. That's why values are so critical because with, You've said it, Paul, it's the map. It's the true north. Without those values, you're a ship rudderless at sea, drifting, whatever the sea shifts you, because that's what you become. And if you want to live a life of intention, you have to get clear on those values. And that's why our next point is values first before anything else, <laughs> goals, any yeah. of that, that it all comes to aligning with values, your goals and intentions come out of your values like confidence and self-esteem come out of yourself when you when you just exactly it seems so many people who talk about goal setting and planning and uh, we're a couple of episodes away maybe three episodes away from doing a life planning episode but it seems when so many people talk about that they start with you know what are the things i want to do achieve have they don't start with who am I? Who's the person? 
that not only I want to be, but who's the person that I truly am. And if you don't start with that point, you are going to end up with a mix bag of goals. You're going to end up with some goals that aren't really suited to you. And, and you're going to end up not achieving some of those goals. So I think certainly the starting point in any journey is who am I that wants to walk down this road? What's, what's really important to me? I mix with a lot of, I mix with a lot of business people, uh, a lot of entrepreneurs. And there is this, I, I, I'm a business owner myself. So I like that. I like that environment, but some of them are so focused on business and business growth. And they can be surprised when I say to them, my goal is not to grow a big business. Go, what? <laughs> what did you say? No, no. My goal is to live an amazing life. Paul's version of an amazing life. Now, in that amazing life, there are a number of components. By the way, by understanding my values, I can really easily put those components in there. So I want to live an amazing life. To, li to live an amazing life, I need a number of things within, within that life. But one of those things that's really important to me, I know it's really important to you as well, Brandon, is freedom. And freedom for me is two components. It is the freedom to get up in the morning to go, how would I like to spend my day? What would I like to do? Yeah, and that's a great freedom. And then the freedom, the financial freedom to go, well, that costs money. I like to live in a nice house, drive a, car, drive a nice car. I like to travel. I don't want to be tied into having to work for someone else 40, 50 hours a week. They're just, they're just my values. So they're components of my great life and how I, so, so, so to my strategy then is to build a business. My <laughs> strategy is to build a business so that they happen. Well, so it, it's an outcome of me building a great life. And I think a lot of people have it the other way around. They're building a, a big business and subconsciously somewhere, although they probably never thought it through, they're thinking, if I do that, I will have an, I will have an amazing life. For me, it's just slightly the other way around. So I think but it gives me tremendous clarity in that situation. People are usually surprised because they haven't thought of it because they assume, no, the only goal is just grow a business. Okay, the outcome may be me growing and developing my business, but I'm very clear what the target is. And the target is Paul living a great life. My next question is, what's your, what does that mean to you? What does a great life mean to you? And why are you standing here with a group of, a group of entrepreneurs? Why are you a business owner? Because part of that component is building a business, building a wealth is one of my values, but it comes a little bit further down the chain. So we're not, I mean, goals and values are very tightly, tightly linked and we're not saying they're not important and you should have goals. I have lots of goals as you, but they come second. The goals are as a consequence. These are my values. What's the strategy to get to, 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 to live those values. I need to do these certain things and my goals emerge as the strategy. And Paul, it's interesting too, when you do it this way, what ends up happening is your goals and your intentions become a measuring point against your values. Yes. How close. So when you start from your values and then you set your goals, it allows you to address and assess how closely you're living to those things based yeah. on building your goals from your values as opposed to the other way around. That story you just shared is incredible. I, I used to operate like that, thinking that that's what I wanted until I realized it wasn't. I similarly love freedom and I'm working on that financial freedom that you've created in your life. I see business right. as the means to do that. Just like for you, right. it's yeah. a vehicle to the freedom yeah. that you desire. And I think that's important. We've said this many times too. If you want to build a billion dollar company or a hundred billion dollar company, whatever, 
a trillion dollar company. There's a few of those now that exist in the world. That's, that's all well and good, but ensure that it's yours. It's your desire. And you mentioned too, the 40 to 50 hours a week. Some people are deeply satisfied and fulfilled working for other people with steady jobs and great companies. We need all types of people in the world. The key thing is ensuring that that's what you desire and living true to your values. That's the key thing, which I think leads us into the next point, Paul, that throughout history, great leaders have followed their own unique path. And you don't need, and I think this is going to be an interesting distinction here too, because it's playing into what we're talking about right now, is you can be a follower quote unquote, and still live true to your own values and and find alignment in your life and your role in life as you live, as long as again, it's it's aligning with those values. I, I think I think when you make that point, what we're really validating is that you just won't find anybody that's truly successful. And that could be because you're a billionaire or because you are a mother who has raised amazing children, done a wonderful job in your family, you can, anyone who's done something that you go, oh, wow, that, you know, isn't, isn't that amazing? They have done it based on their values. Even if they're not clearing it, when you talk to them, all of the signals are, this is something that is really important. This is something that they love to do, not they feel compelled that they should do. This is something that they do without motivation, without incentive. It's an inner calling. Everyone who has achieved something great, that's the formula. So let's reverse engineer. Let's reverse engineer that. Let's come back to going, hey, so let's figure out what's really important to us. Let's up which are our values and let's really create a map for ourselves. These are my values. Now, how do I fit a life into that? So for me, it's these are my these are my values to the world. People see me as a business owner, which is fine. But if they get to know me, they go, these are my values. A component of that is required is that I build a business because the great thing about building a business is is that if you do it successfully, I get to bring in substantial income. I get free time. I, I, a lot of things will come out of that if I learn to do it properly. But business, like all things, I'm on the road to mastery. I'm can. I'm, I'm not the master of business. I'm on the path to mastery. I'm continually learning. But it's really important to me because for a long time, like you, Brandon, I put business at the forefront and that was the whole entire focus of my life. Well, not the entire, but a huge focus of my mental headspace. Um, and I wasn't happy with that. I wasn't happy with that. When I got to understand my values, I realized it can't be the priority because these things are the priority, but it must be a priority because wealth financial freedom is really important to me and therefore I must prioritize these activities. But if I make it the sole priority, which is what my perspective is a lot of business owners do, it's why they go down the burnout road. I've been down that path. Happy to talk to you about it for hours. So it's why you (laughs) get down that road is because you had I understood my values before I started on that journey, I never would have ended up that road. Having said that, if I'd never walked down that very difficult road, I never would, I may have never looked so closely inside to figure it out that I began to understand my values. So I learned, I, I learned a huge amount from that journey, from that journey as well. Well, and Paul, I love that because, and that's you taking leadership in your life and, and you're a leader of a company, you're, you're CEO of a company, you're a leader in your family. 
you're a leader in many forms in your life, the way it expresses itself. But leadership is living true to your values. You don't have to be a, a manager, leader, anything like that, a role in that, in a company or anything to be a leader. From our perspective, leadership is about knowing who you are, honoring those values, and then aligning your life through your actions with those values. That's leadership. You, and you could do that as a grocery clerk. Of course. Living true to your life in, in from your values perspective and just having a good job that you're happy with. So again, I know we've I know we brought that up a couple of times, but I think it's important because in our culture, at least business focused cultures, there's sometimes this component that you're only truly living your own life if you're an entrepreneur or if you're some super successful leader or in a leadership role. And I I vehemently disagree with that because the way you live your life determines whether you're a leader or a follower. And if you're a follower, that's you're following the values of others, values that have been given to you that you have not yet reflected on and accepted as your own. To me, that's the distinction between a leader and a follower. Because I know we have some of that in the notes too, Paul. I'm curious what, what your perspective on that is. What, what's a leader? A leader, a, leader some, a leader is someone who simply leads. And you lead by knowing, by knowing where you're going. That's it. If you don't know where you're going, how can you lead? Anyone. The grocery clerk, the the billion dollar CEO, anyone can figure out where they're going. And when you figure out where you're going and you make step towards that, you are a leader because you're leading your own life. You may be leaving, leading just you, you and your family, a country, a business, whatever. But to me, you're a leader as soon as you choose to lead your own life, discover what your values are and create this. You have a grocery clerk, as you say, who knows their values, who understands exactly how they're living their life and has chosen this to do this work because they may enjoy it. They may not the hassle and the responsibility of running, of running a, big, a big business. They, it may not suit them. It may give them the free time to do all the things they want to do. You would have a person with a tremendous amount of clarity um, and that person to me can live an amazing life. So leadership to me is figuring out what's the life you want to live and then going ahead and living it. And understanding your values is a big part of that. So then I, I think that the, the next question here maybe may well be, well, I, we have a quote here from Henry David Thoreau, which I love this and everyone was familiar mm. with. It says, the mass of men live, live lives of quiet desperation. To me, you will live a life of quiet desperation when you do not know where you're going. Once you understand your values and you know where you're going, then that's something, then that's something that I think changes significantly. And that's the purpose in this. Really figure out what's important to you, then you can start mapping that life out, which, which is why I've called it value mapping. Because to me, you understand your values You go, well, this is where I'm going. This is where I'm going. It's so much easier to make a plan around that once you know. And it's interesting too, Paul, because he talks about quiet desperation. Yeah. And I reflect back on my time during the struggling points in my life, and that's what I was living. I was yeah. living, at points it wasn't so quiet. I was just living desperate. Yeah. It was just desperation. But that quote is so impactful because so many of us sacrifice the things that are important to us. And then we go on and living, we live a life that's not reflecting who we are from deep within. And 
we're deeply unhappy, we're deeply unsatisfied, we're unfulfilled. And you know what's interesting, Paul, is a lot of things come out of that that are destructive for ourselves and others as well. When you live a life of quiet desperation, you may have affairs in your family, you may mistreat your children, you may have habits like alcohol or drugs that counter the desperation that you're experiencing. There's all these actions that can come out of quietly living a de- living a life of quiet desperation that are a remedy to that, that are trying to soothe that pain, that desperation. Yeah. And so it doesn't, it impacts us, but then it also starts to impact all the people around us. And that's often things we don't think about either is the consequences of living a life of quiet desperation. One of the things I noticed that, uh, as I became clear of my values and started living a life and creating the life I wanted to live, I became more tolerant of peop- of intolerant people because mm-hmm. I, I, I began to realize that their behavior, I may not want to be around it, but I began to realize that their behavior was not about me, it was about their inner unhappiness. And people get into that state of inner unhappiness and they create chaos around them as you've as you've well described, and that's and that's a big that's a big problem in society. But who of us can say that when we were young, our parents or teachers sat us down and said, "You and said, look, son, daughter, whatever, how every human being is wired is that there are three or four things that are really important to them. We call them your values, but there are three important things that will guide you through." life. Find those things, devote your life to them, and you will live a fulfilled life. And they go, mom, dad, tell me what they are. And you answer, I can't. You have to, you have to, you have to figure that out for yourself. Who has told the children that? Nobody. So is it any wonder the world is as it is? Uh, but we're saying I mean, it now. That was- we're saying it now, and we're not children, Brandon, and we're still figuring <laughs> out. So at, at any stage in your life, if you're still standing up, walking, talking, breathing, it's never too late to go. It's time for me to figure out who I am and design a life around that. That's the formula. That yeah. is the formula, Paul. And and as challenging as this may be, it's there's nothing more enriching and rewarding than doing this work, though. That's the thing. Like, There's points when it's hard, the fulfillment, the meaning the inner peace that can come from this work, the impact that you can make, the the inspiration that you can have around others, the way that you live. And I think that's an in- interesting thing too, Paul, because our next point is, is many people don't tap into the things that inspire them. They're living by shoulds and have tos, not things that they would love to do. And that limits their ability to live an exceptional life. That's true for all of us. And those so it, I think it's important, too, to distinguish, and I'm curious what you're going to say about this. You start to uncover your values, but then start to identify the areas in your life that you're operating by shoulds or have-tos. Because the reality is, Paul, there are none of those. We make choices every day, and we choose to follow certain things that we may feel obligated to, but the reality is is we don't have to do those things. We make choices every day to pursue them. And I think that's an important distinction to make is, the shoulds, the haves, the responsibilities. I have a ton of responsibility with my young daughter, but I don't have to do that. No. I could abandon my family. I could turn away from her needs. I could leave my wife. Yeah. I don't have to do any of it. 
but I choose to because I love them deeply and they brought incredible fulfillment to my life. And we do the hard things because of the love and the value that we have for them. And if I call you up, Brandon, you don't say, oh, I should, I, I should, you know, spend some time with my wife and I should, I better spend, I better take my daughter out. You go, I love to spend time with my wife. I love to get my work done so I can clear the, clear the week and, you know, you know, take a holiday. I love to, to do that. I don't need to go, hey, Brandon, did, over the weekend, did you spend some time with your wife? Come on, come on, let me know. <laughs> you know and that's really, really important because that's the difference. The stuff that you go, I do this because I, it's nothing more important. It's what I love to do. What we're really talking about here is how do you begin to pull this apart? How do you begin to, to recognize things that are values and things that are not values? But if I need to ring you up and go, hey, Brandon, did you take your wife out for dinner? Are you looking after her? Oh, shit, Paul. No, I meant to. I never got around to it. I'm going, Brandon, maybe time, you know, maybe you need to move off from this relationship because let's be honest, you really don't want to do it. Well, you don't want to, do you? So when something's really important to you, you go, well, you know, Paul, I didn't get that work done on the podcast this weekend because I spent time with my family. Go, well, that makes sense because your family are more important to you. You know, <laughs> so I think that's the, when people, that's why we, we want to cover that point. As people, I, I, you know, I know we're, we're getting to the end of this podcast now, this section, but as people go through the next week until we continue this, Look for the things that you do because you love to do, Be, where nobody has to ring you and has to go, did you do that? No, you just do it because you'll get out of bed, bed and do it. And look for the things where, oh, if I don't get, where you people have to hassle you to do it. People have to incentivize you, motivate you. If you need all that, you're doing something that is important to someone else. So you need to be pushed to do things that are important to someone else. You do not need to be pushed to doing things that are important to you. So for the next week, my homework to people is begin to explore the, I love to do this. Nothing will get in the way of me doing this. I'm driven to do this compared to, oh, I better do this. I drove in my driveway today and there's leaves all over the driveway. And I go, oh, I better get out with the blower on Saturday and clear out that driveway before my wife does and embarrasses me into it. So, but I can assure you, I came in and I had time to do the things I love to do. I don't know. I will get out with the blower, but the point I'm making is that it's a small thing, but there's so many things we do because oh, I better do that. And there's things I'd love to do. Fill your life with more of the things you'd love to do. And you're going to have a different life experience and you're moving towards a life that's high in values as opposed to a life of someone else's values. Paul, I love that too, before we wrap the episode, and and this is on me because I had to cut it short today with our recording schedule, so I apologize to the audience. We're going to have another, this is already turning into a value yeah. series, That's which cool. I, I was hoping it would. It's it's great. We've got a, quite a few more points, and then we're going to get into the 13 questions that we've alluded to. We will get to that. We, we promise. We hope so. <laughs> yeah, we hope so. I guess we'll Actually, see, right? we're going with the, with the next episode, yeah. Yeah, Exactly. But I think you you mentioned the small things. Those are great. Those are great areas to explore, though, the, because those little things add up. And the way if you look to the, the the challenges, the hesitation, the resistance, find those areas and then explore them. Yeah. Think about it. Journal about it. Why yeah. do I resist this? Why am I resisting this work? Why am I resisting yeah. these things? Because as you find clarity on what you love, 
it's also good to know yeah. what you don't and why you don't. So it's it's two sides of the same coin, would you say, Paul? Yeah, I think so. And I, I, wouldn't it be great work to, to create a I love list and, and I should, I feel I must do list. They're two different lists. You begin to see right, right at those lists, things I love to do, the things I, oh, I have to do. Write those lists, then look at your life and go, how, how much time am I spending in the shoulds? And how much time am I spending in the loves? You begin to shift your life more to the loves. What, what's your life going to be like? But most, be, most people are spending so much time in the shoulds that it's really damaging their happiness and their fulfillment. They're wondering about what's my life purpose, of course, because they're doing stuff they don't want to be doing. Begin to look, begin to become very consciously aware of what the loves and what the shoulds. I think that would be a great ending point and it'll be a great starting point. It will lead us into what we discuss next and in the next episode in this. Well, there's our homework from Professor yeah, Ryan. That's it. We've, got to, we've got to create our love list and done. our should list. It better be good. We have high expectations for that it's list, those two lists. Well, that's fantastic, Paul. Well, that's a great wrapping point. We're excited to continue our series on values. If you're finding value in the content, value values, Obama. please subscribe, share, let your friends and family know if you're if you're enjoying it. That's how we're going to grow. Please. We hope that you're finding enjoy, finding value in it, though. Excellent. Thank you for your time again listening, and we shall talk to you next week. Till next week, y'all. Thank you for listening to The Inner Entrepreneur. If you found value in our content, please consider liking, sharing, and subscribing. New episodes will be released every Thursday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We appreciate your attention, and take care.